0: What's up guys Luke here. This week we've got a really really interesting guest, somebody who is at the kind of forefront of art in Ireland. I've started off as a graffiti artist, now he's one of Ireland's biggest uh, artists for sure. Um, he's been involved with some of the biggest cultural shifts in Ireland in the last 10 years from the Repeal 8th the uh, movement to and now the the Homebird campaign that he's running uh, for the for the lock-in. Um, so this is something that I think if people are into art, if they're into graffiti, if they're into lifestyle design, uh, Mesa takes us on a, a journey through how he got started all the way up to his current uh, passion project around kind of making usable art uh with his his new company uh, flow state so this one is really really interesting for all those artists out there all those people who are trying to turn their passion into something that is just more than a hobby something that you can make a living from i think you're going to get a lot out of this one so without further ado here's our new friend al maser <laughs>
1: Welcome to The Shark Pod, the podcast that explores business and lifestyle design in Ireland and beyond. And now, live from Greystone Studios,
2: here are your hosts, Luke Curry and Mark Baker.
0: What's up, Shark Nation? We are live back from Greystone Studios here. We've got uh, our guest, uh, Al Maser um street artist uh we've been waiting to have a chat with al for a while um r- we're both really big fans Mark's here as well he's from uh he's he's live from uh, sally noggin slash i never i never really got it right uh <laughs> where, where that's based but uh and it's then, on the border uh, it's on the border i would say the border so it's kind of a nice place to be uh you're keeping it real but you're uh you know um, sorry in my life yeah <laughs> yeah just on the in the gray area but
2: uh, I I think you wanted to come down to uh to Greystones for a for a dip in the sea but uh maybe next time
0: yeah 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 that'd be, sure. that, that'd be brilliant um because yeah. I had been living until last uh February I'd been living in Dublin eight um so I've been around uh, a lot of the 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 work and if anyone's listening here i'm sure a lot of people that are listening are are marx fans with the art as well so they they definitely know uh maser but uh it's fair to say that a lot of the the kind of the color around the city the the, the kind of uplifting vibes from any murals that you've been seeing it's it's pretty uh, we're pretty sure that you've been uh, seeing some of uh, Macer's work all over the place as well. As some of the some of the biggest movements in uh, in Ireland over the past 10 years uh, Macer's been involved with um, even the the repeal the eighth campaign that was a big kind of meme in the so even if you don't know it was uh, Macer's uh, image on the t-shirts on the on everything you know. Um, it really made an impact. Um, so we might just jump in, Mark. If you have got uh, any questions for uh, Mason, we can get cracking.
2: I'm I'm always interested. And thanks, thanks, Mill, for coming on. Uh, I'll really appreciate it. And I've been a fan of your work for for a while. Um like I tend to like artwork that's nothing like mine. So I I wouldn't uh, I would never hang my own stuff on my wall. So it's all, it's always other other kind of types of art. So uh, every picture behind a
0: you. Say it again. Except for every painting behind you, <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's just the ones that didn't sell. Yeah. Yeah. All <laughs> All right. I've
0: right.
2: a load of them. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm always interested, like to, to to go back to the start and and find out, you know, how how you became an artist or how what was it that kind of triggered the interest? Can you remember when? Like I remember personally, I won a a competition when I was five to to exhibit my snowman in the, the National Art Gallery for a week or whatever it was. And I don't know if that was what made me think I was good and then I had to live up to that. Or what or, and then I just become like became super interested in like colouring books. I'd actually copy the colour and book and draw it and colour it in myself. So I became okay. like a, a human printer, which I probably still am. Yeah. But uh, lacking a bit of creativity. But uh what well, how did that kind of come about for you?
1: Um unfortunately there wasn't any Eureka moments or any like points uh when I look back on it that were um of huge significance um my earliest memory of art would definitely be Adam Barry tracing that Alan Barry book um uh, yeah it got copied that Um shooting on down a vague recollections of getting those little coloring sets and we could get in like a little watercolor set a little mini canvas and Doing little shit boats and flowers, and fucking whatever. I only remember that because maybe 15 years later, it might be still in the same spot on the windowsill in, in my mum's house, like you know. So, um, so she
2: kept stuff for yours, did she? My parents didn't. Oh, leave she any of, them. Did a lot
1: of shit out as well, though, man. She, <laughs> <laughs> I called it's her. What's up? When I left my when I left the house uh, over 20 years ago, um, I I don't know. I Called up there or something there, and uh, there's a skip out the front, and there's a bit like eight canvases thrown in it and she was like oh, i thought you didn't want them thrown up, up in the attic whatever and i just thought she used them another way you'd build a skip but you'd use them to build a wall <laughs> it's, it's, it extend <laughs> it's, the skip. it's all like my mate's was... face like, bank like sticking out a wow. skip and my bike fucked in it as well and uh i took a photo of him, put it up Amazing. on facebook at the time and uh th- i thought it was hilarious Someone scared and found the gaff and pulled the canvases, pulled a few of the canvases out so that maybe have been a moment to where I thought there might have been a bit of work in my work. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is a... But, uh, no, back, back, I definitely, um, you have me thinking now, jogging my memory a bit, and there's a moment, uh, like if we look at moments, my art teacher in school um, allowed me to paint and paint a mural on, on the wall in the art room, and um, I was very interested in graffiti and street art. Uh Took photos of it, and, and quite, yeah, I think I think I think it was sort of nurtured by my art teachers a little bit at the very very start. Um, definitely wasn't the best in class or anything, Maybe as a teacher's pet, maybe I just licked licked up enough. But I definitely wasn't. Uh, I feel I wasn't the most talented. And I'm, I'm basing that on my junior cert projects and leaving cert projects and stuff like that. Um, but I think, uh, you know, there was there, there, there was a culture there and it still is a culture of that um, it, it's not a profession, it's a hobby, you know, that uh, passions are hobbies and that they're not careers. And not that my parents were forcing me away from that, but it was in my mindset as a secondary thing, you know. And so I, I, I uh, was always there in my life and um, say, there. I didn't have a lot of artistic friends either um, growing up. And then I found graffiti and street art and I think that's where... The love uh, gave gave it a purpose and reason, and blossomed, and, all and that,
2: you know. And did you find out on on the streets of, of Dublin, or was it pictures, or was it a documentary, or was it America? Where was it?
1: Um, my first memories of it, there's tags tags um, around rap mines and stuff like that, and uh, fucking everywhere actually, because I was very young, so you we weren't, we weren't traveling too much, Charles cross that sort of areas, and it's a tag called Fresh One. And I love the hand style, it was, it was everywhere. Um, I think years later, he ended up getting into politics and turning his back on graffiti. And he, really, he, yeah, that, yeah, that's true. Great finds, probably not Leo Veradker, is it? Yeah, I <laughs> you <fucking> never know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I might look into that, <laughs> but uh, that was it. And then my mate, Goose, his brother Lachlan. Um, he <laughs> He was into hip-hop and graffiti, and he had a tag called Rhythm. And I loved that scene. I remember like Robin's kind of spray paint. And then as I got older, I ventured a little bit further out and saw uh, names like Rez and Id. And this is like 95, 96. And, and then I started to understand the culture a little bit more. I came across a magazine in uh, Forbidden Planet. Do you remember that shop? Is that yeah,
2: still- I still go there. Yeah, yeah I bring the kids there. Yeah.
1: So remember, remember it used to be on Dawson Street?
0: Yeah, before now it's on the Keys, right?
1: Yeah, it used to be on the the street. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, just looking at comics, you know, um, different sort of Marvel comics and shit like that. And uh, I came across Graphitism as a publication there. It was like my first sort of index into graffiti outside of Ireland. And it was primarily uh, illegal graffiti based in London, Bristol, areas like that. And I was just like, my new bible and we bought and I bought it i went split it with my mate dave and we bought it and shared the magazine and i still have the magazine oh, and um, years later i was featured in that my publication loads and they brought me over to their uh, warehouse and saw like the first issues like it was it was a staple part of uh the history of uh european graffiti and um, but yeah it all just sort of came from there blossomed from there really and uh, Moving on, so I'm just sort of jumping, I'm trying to think back. Moved on then to, uh there's a shop in town uh, by some stoner fella, I can't remember his fucking name, Shaggy or some shit. <laughs> and uh, he had a graph shop there, which then became, either this girl, either took it over, then it became B-boy. And that was like a B-boy slash graffiti shop that's where you got your spray paints. And when you went in there, that's where you met your peers, you know, and there's people, there's the a group there. called the TDA clan. And uh, I'm a part of that crew now. And that's where they sort of hung out, and that's where I saw the big, the big shots, you know. And I sort of uh, looked up to them and inspired to be them. And through my a lot of painting and stuff like that, got the opportunities to go paint with those guys and mentored me. And now become once actually a housemate.
2: Now, okay, very good. And so, and sorry, go ahead, Luke. I
0: was going to say, when you're when you're part of a group like that, is is that does that mean you guys go out and do like collaborative uh, pieces, or is it just? Like that you're, you're kind of hanging around with like-minded people. What what, what does that mean to you?
1: For sure. But because, yeah, like-minded is a good <laughs> thing to talk about because you definitely, as an artist, remember I said I didn't, my social group weren't <clears throat> very creative. Um, they were just into, so, yeah, it's just another social group, like a football team almost. So you're like-minded, shared same conversations. Maybe you could feel like, as a kid, in hindsight, look back, you definitely are orbiting on that periphery where you don't, you're not, you're not, feeling inclusive to other, um, groups. Um, so this is a, a, a subculture community that you definitely felt a part of. So that resonates into crews then. Um, okay. and being a part of that clique and you go do collaborative walls, go do illegal graffiti together. And just like a little, like I say gang, but you know what I mean? Like you got yeah. a crew that you hung out with and it, it develops on them to, to house <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean. and
2: for, with graffiti like on the technical side like yeah. how, do, how does that all what are the different types you know is there entry level and then do you, do you gradually get more and more detail or does everybody just have their own style and there is no kind of set
1: technique there was set techniques years ago and the world opens up the internet and uh, styles cross pollinate and everyone gets influenced of different stuff and uh, art is subjective as is graffiti but like the fundamentals really are, as you start off, you become a tagger, You tag your name around the place, and and you continue doing that, and um, and then develops onto like a trope or quicker sort of stuff. Like a lot of people familiar with, you see bigger pieces in the street on a shutter. It's silver filling and black outline, and she's usually rounded, so it's it's quicker to, you know, quite you have to be quite immediate on the execution of it um then it develops onto pieces masterpieces productions of backgrounds and different stuff so it's whatever tickles you. Uh, some people want to just stay within the structure of doing illegal graffiti and they might have political reasons for that or anti-establishment or they just love the adrenaline or the social aspect of it or the experience you know painting trains others for me i experienced that and but i definitely felt a little bit more fulfillment when i was painting when i spend longer time on like when you're being an abandoned warehouse and you get to spend a day on it and uh sort of (coughs) nurture that creative side a little bit more um so that's sort of where i went with it and those journeys and experiences that you have are like the most memorable ones for sure you know getting up in the morning packing your bags and you're going out to luke and some fucking or reservoir somewhere and, and pack extra socks and a five spot for a few joints during the day and a little sambo and and you're there with like-minded friends and you love them and you like yeah it was just really really memorable learning good times you know
0: and where does the like so that that transition then from the the illegal stuff that and i when you were explaining that i could really like it's not something that i've been involved in but i can imagine the uh the excitement of that you know uh you know the the you know the thrill of you know yeah is someone gonna come and kinda of catch us out here. But like what what's the transition to painting the uh, murals where you can spend a little bit more time. Do people start to reach out to you and say, I've got this wall, I'd love to you to put your stamp on it? Or how does how does that work like?
1: Yeah, yeah. So like well that trail of like well I got caught, that trail suddenly goes away when you're fucking running away from someone right. like, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly switches to like Pray to God I'll never do this again if I get away. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so that that development there, that journey changes, but then also culturally, you, you know, side by side, culture changes. So 15 years ago, there wasn't a need, there wasn't an open market, there wasn't this understanding of the culture, so culture. Um, if you want to like a quick overview of it, probably I could say Banksy opened up those doors for people, you know, it became very um, um, acceptable and... Uh, mainstream a little bit. And that's you know, Kudos to that dude, man. He's he's fucking he's a phenomenon, like what what he's does in his work ethic as well as his messaging and um but anyway, um so yeah if I probably it's if the journey of where I wanted the artwork to go a different way, maybe I wouldn't be here talking to you guys. and uh, maybe because I had a little bit of an artistic um need to fulfil coupled with the graffiti that it's led, led me here and at the same time cultures change people are more acceptable but they see that there is a significance as much as you know there should be more if you ask me and that that that's visual arts in ireland you know um uh how important it is and i don't think it's been uh getting its uh recognition But sure that's fucking that's the way it is um so, but yeah, it's, it's changing now to where, yeah, there's opportunities come, like, and you you, you get asked to do walls. But 90% of it is you just painting and enjoying it and doing that. And for every 100 pieces you do, then you might get this cool opportunity if someone asks you to do, do a project.
0: It's cool. And then it's different now, like, fucking everyone's
1: just doing a project to just because they've been asked to do projects, you know, and they haven't put in the hard work.
2: Yeah. <laughs> when, when you, to go back to, say, finishing school. What was your kind of thoughts around what what you were going to do after? Did you believe that you could actually do this full time or even part time? Or you know, what way did it work from from that age? Did you, um, go, did you have to go abroad or anything?
1: Um, I I didn't ever think now because I couldn't I couldn't foresee that there would be this opportunity because this had never existed. You know, when I was in school, there was no graffiti street artist who was making a living off what they were doing to the biggest extent that we knew. And TDA Clan, those guys will speak about. Mark, Darren, all those guys, they are leading the way. But the, the the biggest opportunities that they got at the time, what my knowledge of it is when I was in school, was you might have fucking painted a beer garden, or you might have been decorating a nightclub, or you might be doing a sign, you know, that was it. Um, <clears throat> so it wasn't that. Um, when I was in school, I, de- I remember there was a conversation with a guidance counsellor, and she was trying to... It was between either geography and biz- ge- geography and art or business and art or something like that. She was trying to steer me off art. And I remember just looking at her going, you fucking mad <laughs> egg. Like, it's the only one thing I'm good at. And you're yeah. trying to stop me from doing it. You know, <laughs> you know so, um, uh, we so listened to her and, um, and so, yeah, I, I think, man, I was lost. If I think of it after school, I was definitely lost. The, and I can remember that because there was, uh, And I was, and I'm basing that on my memory of zero motivation, lack of energy and motivation. And that was just, I think I was just lost in purpose, you know? And uh, Maybe a lack of guidance? uh, Lack of guidance, yeah. Maybe a bit. Like, God, like, we're we're in such a culture now with this guidance and mentorship and all that. There's... I'd never heard of these terminologies or language or anything like that. Like you know, you just hung out your mates and you lived week by week, and I I, I continued that narrative all through my twenties as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's a uh, yeah, it's it's hard to remember back then, but it definitely wasn't um, something that I, I could think that there was a career in. I was at the same time I was doing like you know just little odd jobs when you were younger. You were cutting grass and washing cars and. Uh, shit like that. And then I became a kitchen porter in a, in a hotel. And i really, really fucking loved that. And um, cause previously that when I was a kid, I was talking to my girlfriend about it before that. Um, I was, uh, I used to go down, go down the country. My, my family, my, my mom's had a family from Limerick. So I going to go down there and spend the summers down there. I uh, had some summers, with my dad and his brothers in Roscommon, um, bag and turf. And you wouldn't get paid, you know, it's just a family holiday. Yeah. And, uh, so, I remember getting this job as a kitchen porter and getting paid for the first time, and it's like fucking amazing. You know, you get paid to, to work, and I really loved that. And all the new people I met, and I continued that, and uh, then became a commie chef, <clears throat> and I really loved all that. And uh, so, I think maybe my mind was there a little bit, and that you know, and I wasn't practicing art loads at certain parts of my life. You know, but it luckily came back to me.
2: And when was it? What year do you think it was, or what, what was the trigger that you thought, look? I can make something of this, or this is, there's is a bit of a cultural sh- shift, maybe.
1: Yeah. Um, well, so after school, I went into the PLC course at the You know, Oregon, you know, because I didn't have the points. I got like 180 in my leaving or something fucking atrocious. Um, well, no, that's so good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> All the 180s <laughs> Some, <there>. people,
0: <laughs> some <laughs> people would love to do their leaving certs.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, and I fucking don't agree with that fucking leaving cert. Yeah. So, um,
0: no, we're not big fans on the, on I, the podcast.
1: the not not because of my points, but just the pressure that that put on me, man, as a kid and how much I hated school and that structure, the fucking Roman-esque dictatorship of school. It's fucking the suppression that that has on my mindset of a young developing mind. It just, I could go on about that for ages. Um, so I uh, I did a PSE course and I, I've, I went into this world where I got to learn lots of different disciplines. It was just, just art, you know, and I really loved that. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to be an artist," and I, and I got into Dunleary because I did really well in the portfolio, and I did fine art, and wasn't feeling it. And did a year, I did about half a year, and um, probably hanging out with the wrong people, probably having a few cans at lunch, but didn't help, and that sort of shit, and I ended up dropping out anyway. And I remember those days of like half a year of going like, "Oh, what the fuck, you do with yourself?" and sort of getting up and just sort of getting out of the gaff for a while and Moleson about Town, and then I went back with uh, being a um, a commie chef and so then graphics design came about and that was sort of like I had a bit more of a, a a purpose to it now all during this time i was still doing a lot of graffiti and painting a lot and loving that and I, I found uh, graphic design visual communications because it sort of lent itself to it, it was like um what I learned from graphic designers uh it's like the study of typography and layouts and in some way and you know color and all that and yeah. my uh Art and graffiti was too, you know, but it's abstract topography. You're skewing the type to mimic the, to transform it what way you want. And then that coupled with a layout of a wall and color. So they amalgamated really, really well. And, um, so I did graphic design and really fucking loved it. i a great teacher called David Smith. Uh, Where'd you do graphic design? In, in Dunleary. Went back to Dunleary. And, uh, David Smith taught me and he really taught me discipline and good work ethic, you know, and he was he was like the Gordon Ramsay of the of the design where like he'd nice. take joy out of seeing us cry at <laughs> <a> certain <laughs> times. Um, but uh, I, I really hold a lot to that man, you know, he uh, was still friends, you know. So, uh, I base my, my business, uh, he's a business called Atelier David Smith and I've got Atelier Macer after him, you know. Um, but yes, back then with graffiti, I, 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 uh, I finished college and so sorry during college then i was actually working in a shop in town a skate shop on the weekends and thursday evenings and then when i finished the course i went back working there full-time and then started doing my own little gigs and I could see opportunities there is doing window display you know for brands and little nixers here and i got to stage then where it's like oh there's a commercial opportunity here to do all these little uh, gigs and what they'll do is it'll just full my revolution meaning Get to paint my own artwork, you know, and I'll have the freedom, and I get to live my own life and all this shit. And so I did, and I took that plunge uh, in my mid twenties, <clears throat> and it was a struggle. And you know, like most artists, are struggling and you're hustling to do work. But um, I was definitely savvy in uh, pursuing opportunities, and you know, down to like painting pub signs or, or an advert for a beer company or any shit like that or in in offices or any the amount of crap i did like it's unbelievable and that i don't like to show um and that's sort of think of where it started then but what happened then if i think about it now is i created this monster because it was like great as no one had done it we have uh we have um collectives now commercial collectives that are doing uh, street art murals, but uh, to be honest, a lot of them don't. Their intentions aren't true, and they're just sort of bastardizing the scene because they don't. Come, they're not artists; they're CEOs of whatever. And uh, so, th- I created this sort of fucking monster where there was this massive need for it, and then it took all my time and energy. And inherently, as an artist, you have this need to create your own work, as you know. And uh, if you're if you're answering um, to the brief of others continuously, after a while, it gets mentally exhausting, and then fulfilling briefs that aren't fulfilling your creative needs and got to the extent where any time I had freedom I just needed to chill or escape and drink and do whatever like and that went on for a a decade or so to work at the extent where I just pretty much snapped or got exhausted where I was like I I actually cried man about it a few times so mentally exhausted and um People just sort of, without meaning it, you know, just sort of beat the shit out of me, and so that was it. Was good, good learn, and that's where I changed. I was like, okay, um, I, I focus on my own work then, and i will fucking work there. Yeah, living the dream now. <laughs> yeah. the dream. But it's, it's
0: it's an interesting thing you bring up there because, um, it's it's something I I would imagine and Mark because I've spent a lot of time with Mark obviously, um, when he was doing the art full time, um, back in the day, um. Like the commercial side of things, it's hard to ignore that as well. If you want to be able to live a, an artistic life and not have to, um, you know, do the chef stuff as well. Do you know the way so like I say yeah. if you were like I know we're we're talking a little bit there about the, the guidance counselor and you you'd be surprised at how many people we interviewed they talk about the guidance counselor. It's happened probably oh, yeah. six or seven <laughs> times. It's mad. Like me and Mark are the same one. Um we we hadn't, we've never ma- named them but uh you know not very, not very impressive we'll see as well but anyway um so if you were if you were like talking to somebody who was younger who were just trying to get into that and maybe they are a little bit allergic almost to the the commercial side of things you know um it, like what would you say to them you know like, what would be the, the game plan to say okay it's going to take 10 years maybe to build a reputation just but focus on that and then you can kind <clears> of <throat> build a, a um, mm. an income after that or what's what would be the <laughs> like
1: yeah uh, we we spoke and you have to be adaptable for sure you know you have to be madonna change your outfits every decade and um your look but uh, if if i was to give advice and i'm basing this on, on my experience and uh, was that if i look back the, the key thing that i didn't have and it's another word that's used laws as boundaries i had no fucking boundaries and um if i was if you have boundaries in place People be like, "Oh, you're you, this isn't right or this isn't right." You know, this commercial work—it's a struggle that artists have. But we live in a monetary world; you gotta pay your fucking rent. Yeah. Uh, so, where do you find that? And I think you find that your boundaries and your boundaries are like, "Well, what's good for you? What makes you feel compromised or not compromised?" You know. And I have those very clear now. They to extent to for a project come in and be like, "Now, like, so a simple boundary for a, an artist who might be starting to be like." I won't let a client speak to me like this. I'll only work from eight till six a day. You know, I won't be up till two in the morning stressing about shit. I'll make sure to fulfill other parts of my life which will then help nurture my creative side of my uh, life. I'll make sure to, um, if, I, if I don't want to do this and it doesn't add to portfolio, well, what, what are the worth can I have? Will that be, will that be maybe... Uh, Kind of value than money, so I might want to, I might give all my time and I don't. I won't get the value of uh, from a portfolio. So maybe the value is, is money in that instance. So there's different things you have to put in place, but boundaries will be definitely um, the number one. From my experience, I didn't have that, and then the paranoia is good too. You know, like and it's it's rewarding. It's now to let people know that you have worked, and but then also to let yourself know that. You're, you're saying no because you're doing this for yourself and you, and like if you if, saying no and yes to yourself helps you narrate in your mind your own self-worth because we struggle as visual artists and I feel like marketing now I'm not this in marketing companies or PR companies because I work with them and respect them and um but I from my experience I could see without them meaning to um you, you, as a visual artist, what they didn't realise is when you present your work, you're actually presenting yourself, you know, and you hold all your work in that work. And so if they critique it and rip the shit and say it's not good or it's not made the deadlines, you know, they're actually, without meaning to, like, ridicule you. and you take that on board and that can be fucking very, very detrimental for a creative, you know, because we are sensitive, I feel, um, and you have to be sensitive to be have the awareness to open, to respond to your environment which creates... Great work. Um so I'm going on fucking then. no no already. Great <laughs> yeah, yeah. I but um, I would just say the ways then for so for creative starting commercially, like commercially is one thing if you want to make it so it's about it's just a bigger picture, it's a bigger scope thing that I've learned now, and I've only had that awareness really in the last good few years. Um and It's not like goals shouldn't be just set on money. Um, it's easy for me to say now because I'm in a fucking an apartment. That, well, I'm actually in my girlfriend's apartment so we're isolating here, and um, but you know I have I have everything that I need right now. So, um, but yeah, it's 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 just a respect thing for yourself and be managing that and know that like the fulfillment of other parts of your life it will. Come around like it's just—it's more of like I talk. I keep saying this—an in interview is integrated lifestyle—and I've become this fucking ambassador of this word. But I really believe it. Like you know that you nurture and you make time for those other parts of your life. That it will then help this commercial aspect of your creative career too. You know, like you know, if you go and do all the branded shit all the time, no one will fucking want you. You have to have—you have to have your own self-world and cultural significance and stuff like that for people to want want you too. You know.
2: So. I think a big problem is like when a company will come to you and say, we love your style. We'd love you to do this project in your style. And then you hand it in and then they say, oh, could you change that and make that look like that? Well, then that's not my style anymore. Yeah. And then you're like, I need to get paid. So, and I'm a young artist, so I'll just,
1: yeah. I'll bend
2: I, over, you know, and that's the problem.
1: There's so many pieces out there that weren't my style. I had no style because I would just be like, whatever, doing a project. I had a, a company years ago. What well, company? <laughs> I mean, a few mates. Um, called Crooked Type. And that was actually, no, that, that's why he would call a collective. it collective. It's a true collective. Because it was a, a group of us of different disciplines that came together, so we'd have briefs. But, yeah, you would get a brief, let's say, Golden Pages, and they wanted to promote their new app and making the shit up. And uh, we did projects like that, you know, were for champion sports, but there's, there's branded guidelines there. So you're sort of replicating that and doing your own twists. But you no know, great and pay the rent and add it to the commercial portfolio. But it didn't it didn't fulfill here, like you just became doing other people's sort of work and you weren't getting to do your own shit. Like, you know, and then mm-hmm. so then i have to do that separately. And I think that's what a lot of maybe artists have to do. You have to just separate it. Like if someone wants you to do it. And then you've got a, a true it, it comes out to experience as well. Like, you know, if uh if, if someone asked me now to do the work and I present it and they go, oh, could you do it more like this? They're just going to get a, a polite fuck off because <laughs> I have separated myself from my, separating my mindset of my work to my work. That's just one piece, you know, and that doesn't fully represent me. So I'm not, if they don't like it or criticize it, well, I'm not going to be fall into trap and say, okay, I'll fix this because I need to prove to them that I'm better, you know, that way. Yeah. And that's what's trying to get at what marketing companies, like, again, I respect them. And and I think subjectively a lot of people is that they would subconsciously sort of know, you know, that you hear the shit, oh, like, you love doing this or, you know, when it comes to getting paid or uh, you love doing that, like, and it's apartments, it's like, well, you, you're getting paid or you love to, they try to exploit sort of situations a little bit um, and that's just because people think and they're right that we do fucking love doing it yeah. and we love to paint and we love to create, but we also love to get paid and love to fucking be able to pay for a pint and yeah. <laughs> all this shit, you know, and not have to struggle for, for years. Like, you know. So. I'd,
2: I'd, I'd never been to art college, but I would hope there is something in, in an art degree or whatever that, uh, that talks about the business of art. And actually to treat yourself like a proper business, you know, uh, is, do you think there is anything? I don't know if there was when you were there, you that, know,
1: yeah, man, just, you froze for a sec. Sorry. Man. Sorry.
2: In in art college, I wonder, is there like a, a class or a semester or whatever on, on like the business of art and how to actually monetize your art in a professional way?
1: No, there isn't. Not that I have experienced it. Yeah. Um, I was in delirium, the, Create a building. Maybe they thought that yeah. over in the marketing...
0: That's building. where Luke was, in the other building. Was it an IDT yeah.
1: you're in? Yeah, IDT, yeah. A, a,
0: former, a former alumni myself, that's where I would have did my bit. I was in the, the business prefab across the way. Uh, you know how to do it. Yeah, we
1: yeah. weren't skilled in that shit, man. Yeah, know.
0: exactly. It was <laughs> a middle ground. You just could have all met in the middle and actually collaborated. Yeah. We, could have, <laughs> we, could have, we could have met in the, in the quad. In Baker's Corner. Yeah, in Baker Baker's Corner.
1: Baker's Corner, Christ, those are good board. With,
0: uh, with the eight-euro... Uh, jugs of fosters on a thursday you know the doesn't anyway, matter uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> great great um, but, uh, but
1: no i i think that's a i think that's a really important question man um about uh the the business of art and stuff like that and uh, and a more another approach of like again i talk about work, the worth of your art and the work of self like that's a, it's a that's a serious important part of a business i think you know because you can compromise on the value of yourself And then your business fucking isn't commercially viable and you got bust. Mm. Um, So, but yeah, the, the, the mechanics of a business need to be addressed when it comes to art because, and, and I can see it because I've artists reaching out to me all the time, like looking for advice or we'd have an exhibition and I'm sort of trying to get in behind the veil and trying to see where they are with their mindset or business sacraments. They have a very, very modest understanding of it and, uh, any questions i need to know or in my accountant and i say speak to me like a dummy what does that mean and, and that's how, that's how you learn you surround yourself by people who are knowledgeable in those those areas uh, but i think we need to be because uh, it is an elephant in a room where it needs to be addressed and if you, you shy away from it as an artist and if you if you get to the record act, that's back to then, um self-worth my 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 understanding is like well, you know, I, I don't think I deserve to be making 50 G's a year on my art because I'm not good enough for, you know, let the market dictate that. Like, yeah. you know, like, and so I, I would love to see that. And it's exciting when you start opening that door. Like, I fucking love it. I was on the phone to my accountant yesterday for, i say, 40 minutes. Somewhere, like, I like, shocking. Open up in Google Spreadsheets. And what about this bit and this bit? I'm like, yeah. I finally like nurturing that a little bit, feeding it. And I'm watching it go, and then it can give you certain objectives and goals, then as well with your own art, you know. Absolutely.
2: I think I think we lose a lot of great artists because of of that factor that they can't, they go off and become accountants, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, you're doing the groundwork there.
1: You're going to come back now, forty boom, like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goons. Yeah, yeah. In his background. I think he was an art. I think he was a, he, he was an accountant of some sorts or something before he got into art. Who? Jeff Goons. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, I think uh, Chartered Accountants, something like that. No
0: uh, way. Know, there, you go. there you go, Mark. It's never too late. Get, get cracked.
1: <laughs> Jeff so, Cooper, man, didn't come until. Oh, man, my history of art is, is, is shit, but yeah, he was a light bloomer. Tell, tell
2: us about some of, some of the artists that you would inspire you or that you love just to look at their stuff. It doesn't have to be inspire your work, but some good artists out there, well, past or present.
1: Um, I'm I'm quite current and present. Like I'm very local in, in my in my outlook, and I'm, I'm 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 influenced by a lot of people around me and stuff like that. Uh, artists that I love that are part of my uh, Atelier um, exhibition program would be like someone like Aix, Peter Doyle, um, Stephen Burke, uh, Shane Griff. Those are four people that have an exhibition. We might have, have a show there, um, a group show been uh on like the day that the t-shirt clocked it down on the 12th of march and that was uh there's a group show there seven artists there as well Irish artists um but they inspire me because they one thing i love to see they're super super skilled super super talented but i think like to be to be um to survive in this uh Environment, you need, I think, ambition and drive are really, really key factors. Like to be so, you can be the most creative person in the room, but uh, not be motivated and not produce work and pop off a like a masterpiece once every so often. But but if you're really, really motivated, then can sort of tune and um, uh, increase your ability and craft better. And so, I really look at that and aspire to that. When I see those people paint so much, then I. I I get motivated to paint too and um I would consider myself very, very motivated through my whole creative um practice and I love to see people doing that too. But yeah, like the the in terms of like old masters i love sort of um mid-century work frank stella bridget Riley, op art movements like that uh, hardline art you know and um, i think it really resonates with me and you can see that in my work i've sort of loosened up a lot more now in the last few years i think because personally i've probably loosened up a little bit um and um but yeah it goes across everything i'll be influenced by uh architects uh Zaha Hadid. Um, fuck, man, the index is huge. Like, uh, you know, Instagram is a great way to sort of channel all that into one space and scroll and flick and look at it and keep updated. Um, yeah, it's it, that's, a, that's a big conversation. But there's not one person, really. Let's Matisse, you know. You can see his influence in my work Let me even realize until about 20 people said it. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the... I think the, the the crossover there is, is was uh, was our technique in creating that work. I used to do a lot of paper collage before painting because I would base my structure on um, composition, not online, but on quantity of color and form and how they, the relationships between them and the best way to do those sort of discovery um, compositions, which was, was through paper. It was mm-hmm. the easiest way, rather than just drawn. Outlines that wouldn't connect well. I mean, so, and Matisse is that's you know it's all a flat color and stuff like that.
2: So, I'm I'm interested to 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 know the kind of start to finish of how you actually start the project and finish it. Looking at maybe the Homebird one, the latest one you did. Yeah. What, what way does it start? Obviously, starts with a bit of inspiration. Then do you, do you go? Do you do a graphic design and 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 then print it out? What way does it all work? Or is that a trade secret?
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I think transparency is the best way to learn and grow. I share all secrets. Um, when it comes to only when it comes to <laughs> <laughs> Eric. Yeah. Uh, so what you're trying to do there is you're trying you're trying to ask me a question to put in a very linear form. What mm. is, and I've learned that it doesn't work like that. You know, it's a very abstract approach to creativity so um that line is just a big fucking knot of like the shoelace tied up or whatever it's just not you need to break the barriers of that mindset that's how creative work but if you want me to try and fit it into that mold that square peg into a circle hole will be the word homebird came about um, Ten years ago, when I painted at Newmarket Square, my old studio. I'm a homebird from a relationship that I had with Damien Dempsey, where he texted it to me one time. Then I said that word for ages. Then resonated with me all these times. And if I wanted, like, really get to the mechanics of it, it was like I was earning and um yearning, sorry to word, my principle. Uh, to go travel for years and years and years, and Always looking away, away, and so I did that through graffiti and through my travels. I learned so much. that Actually, Dublin's a great place, and it's uh, you know I'm very, very blessed to be uh, be here, like in a neutral, you know, a neutral country and capital of it, and you know. The cards were luckily dealt well for me, like so. I got to understand that, and I realized how great Dublin is, and came back, started writing those messages. Mason, Mason luxurious you as to the city. Realized, you know, this I'm a homebird there in that way. Um, so that story was always with me, and I ended up tra- creating a, a clothing label years ago called Homebird with a, a friend of mine, Leah Burke. Now, yeah. I'm a very uh, modest way just creating t-shirts and it's great response to that and there's another thing i'd love to talk about social engagement of art and the art is a vehicle for that um but uh so that word was there then we're fucking literally here at home and stuff like that and it wasn't like i'm gonna do a print now it's the best time to do it just sort of they're all underlying there and then just things pop up the odd time and then i don't know where i was i could have been having a shower and it just popped up it's like homebird again yeah and i was like God, everyone's like the word home and what home represents to us now is different than what it was. And it's a place, you know, of business now and safety and security and like all those sort of stories that are going through my head. And and so then it came to like, how can that story be shared and the easiest way for me through practice and what my tools that I have is to create a print edition and look at that and we mentioned repeal and look at that engagement there and how community can come together in some capacity so all those stories are just gone on and and uh, the resolution or the result was was a print and a painting
0: I think it's it's fabulous because that's your, that's your answer there yeah <laughs> <lot> <laughs> <laughs> great answer and we w- even in Damien Dempsey as well which we're big fans of <laughs> I think we talk about him every time on this podcast as well we're,
1: where have gone? He's a master for young men like us, and obviously women too. But And I, I speak from because I'm a man, but man, he's a voice for a lot of us, I think, you know. And um, no matter where we came from, our backgrounds, I know we all, I know you two as well. I don't even fucking know. You have your own struggles. And I did too. And he was a voice in my ear that really coached me when I was younger and got me through some shit sort of times, you know. So um, I'd be hard pushed to hear anyone that would mouth Damo, except the toxic man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> with the homebird stuff I think it's it's interesting as well because um a lot of people are at home and they're angry that they have been kept in there you know there's a lot of you know people are struggling with even relationships that they're in at home and, you know they want to get out but the homebird kind of message like you know making it okay to kind of say that you're a homebird that you're this is a time where we can kind of enjoy spend times with our families it's a little bit like the pressures off a little bit in some way yeah. in that way
1: yeah for sure. We're um, so, always on this trajectory of like bigger, further, faster, harder, whatever, like keep going, going on. And now it's just we we're re- re- like reverted to the other way that like, oh wow, well, you're you're actually more like this real value and like commend and people being commended for doing nothing and staying at home and chilling and, yeah. and then re that rewiring and um reevaluation is, is I think uh, a really great thing that's come out of this, this this
2: Yeah. I I think it's like a reset, isn't it? I think it was getting out of control, and now it's a bit of a reset.
1: like, mm. and in simplest form, I wasn't painting, and I'm an artist, so I'm meant to fucking paint, and I wasn't painting, mm. and, and I was all put to the bottom of the list, and now you know, all these projects, and then within one day, all my jobs were closed, everything gone, mm. and studio closed, and it brought me back to painting again, and I'm blessed for that, like, you know, to, for that, yeah, Wait. refresh. You
0: mentioned there the, the social engagement and the and I know a lot of people would have maybe come to know your work through the uh, through the repeal the eighth I think was it was in two thousand sixteen or something like that.
1: Yeah, I painted it a few times, twice, and they painted over it. And Once, the first this, time, is,
0: this is what I wanted to talk to you about because I was doing some research before this and just like just googling around and there's like there's videos of people <laughs> painting over murals and all. Is that does that really get to you? Or what's like you know if you've put your. Nah, that your, was that
1: was that was like that was really, really interesting to watch as like, I don't know if it's appropriate word to say, a social experiment. um, But to see how people engage with the work, you know, and uh, I'm not precious to it so that, that much because it's uh, it's in the public realm and I painted work in public realm since I was 15. So it comes and goes and once you paint it, so I just left to the elements, whatever those elements are. If it's bad weather, the building it, not, people not agreeing with the work painting over or another com- another artist you know want to do another wall um. so that was you know that the that, that journey had already been taken many times when I saw this repeal mural being painted over and the purpose of it being painted over was to remove it to stop its publicity yes it, everything is based on energy you know for sure so you're just feeding that energy more and more and more by painting over you're just putting all the energy on it like you know and uh, so there were it was counter counterproductive for the outside, side. And,
0: um, was it the note side that was driving that? Cause I didn't actually, I just saw the video and it was like a two minute thing. I didn't really get the context. Was it, was it because there was like protests about, or, you know, or, Yeah, or, because
1: I can't, man, to be honest, uh, I don't know all the. There's so many yeah. different things said, but like, there's a loophole there where you weren't allowed to paint it, you know, because right. politically motivated. And, um, and then then i was allowed and then we painted again and they painted over again which <laughs> just gave more theatrics to this piece and more of a voice and 100%. twitter was blown up and then it, then the journey continued and we talked about the sweats you know doing the sweats and people taking ownership of that artwork and that was a nice thing to do it's like i don't own that i don't own that i'm not i'm not a woman like i'm a country that struggle so i can't be i can't be saying what it did my opinions on that it's like i'm literally just that messenger i was like i had this opportunity the time was there and it was it was intuitive and instinctive, I mean, and we just painted it and it and then just let it take growth and you can look at models like Jim Fitzpatrick with the Shake of our image. You know, not taking ownership of that and look at that. So that was in the back of my mind, it's like I don't own this piece, you know, this is a shared space. And then it resonated with a lot of people and it's it became one of, if not the the like emblem or icon for that, for that, for that side.
0: Yeah, I think it, it definitely did. That's uh like even when looking through all the the pieces that you've that you've done as well as doing some Google imaging before this, um, it is still for me it's the one that stands out just as the most impact. You know, um, which is which is uh, amazing. Um, do you now that things are a little bit different, um, we're not going to go out for a few weeks or whatever? Are you thinking up your, your now? Yeah, like you said, you've got a little bit of time to be creative um are you thinking up the b- next big project that you want to do or is it are you gonna uh, do more s- stuff in the vein of the the Homebird uh kind of campaign
1: um i think that Homebird, i think that's i think that's done now like you know it's done and, you don't, um no point dragging it out anymore it's it's it did it's job i had a goal there of trying to loose goal of trying to raise about 30k for the matter So just a doggy oh, sorry dude sorry, okay, sorry. <laughs> Um, uh, sorry, <laughs> uh, the it is, you know, I had a goal there of like 30k to raise, and I did that. That was one component of it, but like just to see that sort of social engagement and see how, um, art can be this vehicle or tool, and just watch, just watch that. I find that really, really. In, it's just really really interesting and it's just a lot of components to just one painting there you know so you can give back people take ownership of a shared message it all sort of like it's it's a lot of people's thought processes just within one graphic and um but for me right now uh yeah i have like 20 notions a day and so what i'm gonna do and maybe out of the collective 2000 while we're in here I'll, i might um i might Do one, (laughs) but like I'm not. I'm 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 really I'm one of these heads that's really sort of stays in the moment and each day and gets on it. And and I find myself on a skip ahead. Anxiety kicks in a little bit too much for me and worry and stuff like that. So I have to rewind it a bit. Um, but I want to have a big exhibition. I want to paint walls again. But I'm still also like availing of this now and enjoying it and i'm doing a little photoshop gigs like on um, buildings and sort of putting them out there on the internet and sort of looking at feedback and i'm like jesus christ it's more response than when i paint the fucking thing i should just <laughs> the home and do photoshop jobs <laughs> <laughs> the uh yeah you do,
0: do you know that just this kind of just came to me there like the first time i ever seen your work i was on the air coach and i was coming back uh don't know where it was, but I was coming back. Um, and it was an overnight flight, and I was in knowing you, you get off, and I don't sleep on planes, right? so I was really oh. run down and stuff like that. And I saw, yeah, the, the greed is a knife on the down, oh, in the dark yeah, yeah. and was, it just hit me like, as obviously a big Damon Dempsey fan. And I, I didn't know, I didn't really know much about it. I looked into that after, uh, and stuff like that. Like, but is that But did you uh come into contact with Damon just through the kind of Dublin creative scene or? was that like part of a campaign that you were doing with him to get that message out there what was the story behind that
1: so that was originally it was a big day my fan years ago and I am saying it's this his voice in my ear and he really helped me and coached me and I almost felt like you know at times he was just singing to me and uh, I was really lost at certain times and anyway there was a moment where I was in my studio in Market Square and I don't know if it was the fanboy in me or what but I was just like well what if I took these lines and transcribed them onto walls you know, and uh and that was this, simply as that. And a guy, Johnny Moy, a friend of mine, who he was helping me, um, he was just a mate. We are just floating about. I, can't, I don't know if he was working for me at the time, but he was, I said to him here, do you know, fucking, because he was on the music scene, and a uh, big DJ years ago. And uh, I said, do you know David Dempsey, any chance to get to meet him? Meet him. And he said, like, yeah, know. fear for his road manager. And so he set it up. I met Dame. I went to go meet Dame. I was like, you I was fucking shit. Nice. Um, 2000 and, I'd say 2009 or eight, 2009 maybe. And, um, I was really nervous, and we we're going to meet in Grogan's. And uh, so, i had done up a little presentation where I took some of his lines and I just photo just typed and photoshopped it onto a wall. So, sort of say this is the idea. And I went to the Grogan's, and he wasn't there. And I was like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck Oh, you know what you do when you're waiting? You go to the Jack's. So I was like,
0: <laughs> The worst thing to be sitting <laughs> there alone sitting in a pub waiting on kids. Wait <laughs>
1: yeah. And then, you know, Grogan's they change the toilets now, actually, it books at your head because it make the women's and men's and men's and women's. <laughs> but, when you go in, there's was like this little narrow bit. Do you remember before you go into yeah. the yeah? And as I go through that there, my big dudes coming yeah. out at the same time, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was say,
0: the, the worst place to be in a narrow yeah. space. Uh, Introducing myself,
1: <laughs> to know, in jacks like this. He's like,
2: his hands were still wet, and He's yeah.
1: being... <laughs> just like there, like, and yeah. how he's killed cool cucumbers. I was like, mucho soy brother. I was like, oh, yeah, shit. yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was my the most. Um, important presentation I ever made to anyone, so important that there's sweat dripping from my nose and was hitting the laptop. I remember, wow. And after pitching this idea, he just goes, Uh, so you want me to? I'm gonna write my words in the walls?" I was like, Yeah, pretty much, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, it's like, shut up, man. You, fuck. Yeah. uh, but me and Damon came, I consider him a good friend and a mentor, you know, and uh. That he did. so that's where I started and yeah. he started just texting me and emailing me like fucking loads of lyrics and lyrics that resonated with me I took them I printed them off and get a text in the middle of the night and I wish I screen grabbed them back then you know and the uh, emails of like the same line and 50 different variables and so one was from an old song Greed is a knife and scars run deep and uh, that's based on um, uh, English rule years ago obviously but I took it out of context and that's a nice thing to do when when um, when you just look at that. And so this is during the, this is during the boom recession time and down there at the Docklands, which is an important part of our history. The whole landscape just got fucking demolished. And yeah. then left these wastelands. And I just thought, God, that'd be beautiful. And I saw that board and I was like, Well, that that be sick now? Like represents Greeds and life and scars on deep. And this is, these are the scars of the city. All these that, all that these buildings
0: it. that were like half done Do remember, for like five years. Yeah. It was like a, like a, like a graveyard of, you know, like the, the developer stuff, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That, it,
1: was, it was mad. Anglo and all that, like there, yeah. So, um,
0: and then everybody
2: having to pass by who were had to emigrate, and they're they're looking at that on their way out in the air coach. Yeah, it's a.
1: Yeah, there, was, there was never a like a mad agenda. It was just like, oh, that's a good spot, and that's and that go oh, to go out and paint that. You know, and that that really started the people. Were like, what the fuck's that about? And people knew Damo's <laughs> words, and then so demo went on the radio and spoke about it. That uh, we ended up doing like twenty something murals around around Dublin. Uh, ending up the last one in on one of the blocks out before they knocked it. And um, then in 2010, we had a show for, uh, we compiled all the pictures and made some original works. And in uh, Smithfield, we did an exhibition called They Are Us. And I donated, we raised 30 grand, we got the medical ban for Simon community with that. And uh, again, oh. there you go, it was like the one part was painting the joy of that and interacting with people, but then we saw the social engagement, how like Dublin came together, It's like, we go there um came together and the the power of art you know and how it changed and you know, for for good in some instances you know, in that instance for sure so yeah that. And was
2: another a- big another big sorry another big part of what you what you're doing is the the meditation and the, the flow state so we haven't even talked about that mm. how did that come about
1: um that came about um me finding meditation discovering meditation uh Shit with dates, man. But I'd say like nearly three years ago now, maybe. Um, definitely struggling with myself. Really, really, fucking anxious. I was living in London, out of sorts. Um, falling to the crutches of booze and, and all this sort of shit. You know, all unhealthy habits. And not happy with myself. Blaming others. All the fucking same shit. And, uh, and I started practicing TM, uh, Translated Meditation. It's when I moved back. When I moved back to Dublin and uh it was like an eye opener, a whole game changer, and um gave me that awakening. So cheesy to feel it's like so cheesy <laughs> to say well, what you doing, no, like, yeah. Oh, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I
0: hope you make an impact on Mark. Here. I think you could do some meditation. I don't know, he, you know, these uh like I, I said,
1: Oh
2: we we did a whole podcast on Matthew McConaughey's speeches about uh positivity <laughs> and <laughs> and all that stuff. So don't be afraid to open up.
1: <laughs> so um but it, it resonated with me because like it definitely was what I was preaching out in the streets where you say, don't be afraid or live in love or you're alive. And it just, uh, it really made me feel like I was living more of a truer self and I, and I got rid of the, a lot of the crutches and those unhealthy habits and forgave myself and love myself more. And so meditation was the opener. And then through that day and skip along, along and started training the gym, uh, call number 17. Um, just there, Harcourt Street, and the owner's John Belton and um, his partner uh, Adrian Murphy. To get, they're meant to get married this year. I Don't know if that's still happening there. Or but um, like-minded people started training there. Got on really, really fucking well. And you know, when you when you like hanging out with people, you're like, and you're, we're all working really hard. Adrian had the idea of like, would there be an opportunity of us working together in some capacity? And um, because again, reverting back to the integrated lifestyle, I know when I trained well, at ate better, surrounded by better like-minded people, maybe produce work of a better work ethic, better in relationships, a family, business, everything. So that sort of was part and parcel of that. And um, so Ada had the had said it, and she she came up with a brainchild. She was like saying. Um, is there, maybe there's an opportunity here of doing because we have the mats in the gym we roll them out and for stretching so is there an opportunity there to put art on it? she did a bit of research and uh, and we said yeah and I was just like cool this sort of encompasses everything I preach and talk about and integrating everything together and this is it all in, in, in one piece and then we talked about limited edition art prints and how they sell and you hang them on the wall you know so th- there it is there we can fill that art part we can there's eyelets in the piece in the so you can hang it on the wall and it's functional art. And so that was it. And uh, I had the, like with the home bird, the word flow state was sitting in my brain or I wrote it somewhere from someone had said it or something. I was just like, oh, that flow state, you know, when you're in it and you guys know, we're sort of in it now with a conversation. um And a flow state, it's like the sweet spot when I'm painting, where I'm not too busy, uh, but I'm busy enough. And it's literally like any fuck it's like my hand and eye coordination is so bang on. Like there's nothing I can do that can go wrong. That's that flow state. And I just saw it was a nice word and uh, created an identity for it. And I can't think of a better name for it now. Like it's like. Yeah, it's perfect. It's just,
0: when I saw that, it, was like it just impacted immediately. I'm like, I get, I get the, I get what they're trying to do here. It's a perfect uh, yeah. symbol. For yeah. That. And it's, and it's, a, it's, it's,
1: you know, it's at the start and it's, it was a, what you call it, um, like a project that you just do. I can't think of a word. um, But like just. fashion project. project. Passion project, thank you. Uh, passion project, and now, you know, we then, when we talk about the self-worth thing, we're like, oh, you know, passion project, is that just a, a, a language and terminology for us not holding our wealth of our true values to this, or our own, and we're like, no, hold on, this is a fucking business, like, this is sound good, and it's been picked up by people, you know, like, really, like, the responses keep selling out, man, it's like wild. And the response is good, because I think people, now, customers, can um they under they don't just look for a product but they look for a, a true story and people can see tra- uh, people have this better ability um of seeing true people and see if it's like it's like businesses are transparent now you know and if you if you're uh, if you have integrity and you're mean to really do it and they, and they know that we're doing it for just the love of it and enjoying it and um yeah it's taken flight and it's and it's it's beautiful to see it and we're, we're now i'm actually after this now i'm going to I'm gonna uh, get in a call with the guys and uh, talk about it more now and sort of see. We got some sound advice off this guy. We got on a Zoom call with him there a few days ago and we looked for an outsider's opinion on it and gave us some great advice and uh, how to sort of next steps because it's a new venture we, we, we don't have a lot of experience in. It. So it's just a really good project and see where it goes and enjoying and yeah, it's just fucking cool. Nice stuff. Sounds exciting. Yeah, it's it's genuinely brilliant. Like, mm-hmm. it's exciting to
0: do, and just something completely kind of different as well. Like I said, I thought you said something there. Like it's a uh, usable art as well. So it's it's not just to 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 look at. So it can be integrated into what you're doing, what your what your workouts and everything like that. Love all that. Like, hey Mark, no hold on, boys. <laughs> right place <laughs> uh, uh, What what do you that's have scary. there, major? Is that a, is that a flow state Matt
1: We, uh, actually, uh, we actually do late, use them, like, the, Should have
2: had that on the wall behind you, yeah. like oh, I do on mine.
1: Yeah. The wall yeah. Yeah. there, yeah. you go. Yeah. A got, on yeah. Yeah. I tell you what,
0: they they love that down in Greystone. <laughs> yeah they would actually yeah so uh i'll put a, I'll put a link in the description here and we'll uh, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. The
0: there, that's a great domain name to have as well yeah <laughs> but um uh, mark we're, we're pushing an hour here already can we get, get oh, a couple yeah, of those sorry. uh those those uh maybe two or three of these questions i know the i know al's got a another call coming up so
1: that's all
0: right yeah just some some kind of quick
2: fire um stuff so what what's your favorite social media and why
1: uh, I don't like in uh, social media, but I'm fucking like handcuffed to it. Like, uh, yeah, gram is what I look at because uh, it's a visual platform. And Twitter is gram, but it doesn't really suit what I what I do so much. So I say Facebook. I'm not fucking up with that. Only if I have to, I don't know. I have to try and find someone. Yeah, <laughs> a decade ago.
2: <laughs> what what time do you get up at in the morning? What time do you go to bed?
1: Uh, usually up at about six a.m. And uh, I'd love to get up later, but I can't. I'm I'm worried like that. And then uh, I used to go to bed a lot earlier, but it's like 11, 12 now. So I work in about six hours, and I I wish I got more. Um, Like I went for a jog there before I was chatting to you guys to sort of spark my brain up a bit. And uh, yeah, I I know it has an impact. Like I'd love to be one of those eight-hour sleepers. Yeah,
2: (laughs) Um, (laughs) we do. Um. What do you what do you fear
1: um jesus what do i fear uh, I, I i hold real value in my health and sort of stuff like that so and i think that's coming of age i'm i'm, I'm 38 now and it's john belton the same thing like you know you get like and i think we should talk about like you know lads got ball ache or something like oh god oh god what's this you know and and uh, yeah, exactly. you got the fear of then you know fucking manifesting that you know that i find so to be honest, it's a health sort of thing, like, you know, especially in the environment where now I'm you genuinely like, I'm not just saying I feel blessed that I have my health and uh, stuff like that, so.
2: Cool. If you could advise someone to, to learn one skill, what would it be?
1: Um, self-awareness. Work on that, nurture that, you know, and sit with yourself and, because uh, the discovery be of that, everything else will sort of fall better in place and... It's it's like it's like the, it's like the building blocks for anything. Like you know, if you want to give good advice on anything, you've got to be fully fully aware. And then once you for better understanding, I'm not saying I fucking have it sussed, but I work on it as much as I can. I mean, body weight and meditation is a key part to that. But then that can then the building blocks for healthy relationships, healthy business, healthy lifestyle.
2: Very good. Is there any first first steps into meditation that someone could take if you want to
1: get into it? Uh, first step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I I went I went knee deep straight into it with TM. You know, you do like a three day course, and it's like you, you meditate for forty minutes a day, and that sort of stuff. And did that for a few years. But uh, there's a uh, good friend of mine, Connor, and um, he is uh, he's a meditation teacher, and he teaches meditation in my studio. He's a dude. I can send you a link to it or whatever. Yeah.
2: So, what's his name? What's his full name?
1: Uh, well, let's say uh, uh, C- Craigington now. But I like I don't know how... I'll send to you on on Instagram anyway. Cool. Cool. I, I don't know what his like handle is. But he teaches a um oh it's just Conor kind of Cretan. Cool. <laughs> that is nice. um but he's a dude and uh he 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 gives a, like very, very like when he teaches meditation he does this like for beginners and so it makes it very practical you know that way and it's all down to just you deserve fucking five ten minutes to yourself and give yourself that and it's sitting with yourself and sometimes that's hard for people because it's you know it's it's hard like you want to be distracted or you want to be run away from yourself but it's, it's liberating like when you when you do you know
2: um last one is there a book that you'd recommend to to
1: let's say the eighteen year old you? Uh, I don't read books. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking shit at it, man. I've read a few, and I'm trying to. I'm I'm in the middle of the, the I'm in the middle of the power of now. Is it in my bag right now? Like now, I mean, I don't read books. But I read books the hard time.
0: I bumped uh, into him in a park in Canada. He was sitting there, and looked like he was meditating. <laughs> who? Uh, your man who wrote that book? No Lee way. I was walking, I was living in Canada after the last recession me and uh, my now wife moved over there for a few years and um, i just saw him, and i i didn't really i hadn't read the book yet but uh my ma was you know obsessed with all his books over the years like and um i saw pictures of him and stuff like that and i saw him and i said like, i think that's e cartoli over there, there. <laughs> he's a wild
1: looking cat like i don't think he's you'd miss looking. him yeah and like, uh one of those dudes uh grows a there nothing yeah, else there not it's very do. very
0: strange i was like oh how's it going and he said it was going well and then that was kind of it like <laughs> but uh, i had to go say hello anyway um so thanks thanks very much for giving all this time in the morning i know uh, we started a little bit early but um uh-huh. So like, it was it's such nice. an interesting chat and i think loads of people that are listening to this uh podcast all our listeners they're they're it's diverse as well there's people who are into art people who are into business people who are just into you know living good lives are trying to build a the kind of integrated lifestyle that you're talking about so i think yeah. i think people get a lot out of that um so thanks very much and uh this will be out in a, i think next week i think mark what do you think yeah i'd say next okay. week next wednesday yeah. yeah perfect yeah so until then guys thanks very much thanks milo
1: thanks guys okay Bye. Mm-hmm.